is a free agency special. I'm joined. My name is Lyndon Burton. I'm being joined today by Primetime's host, Charles Reese, and as well as the basketball analyst for the Brosy Thing Network, Mr. Justin Baptiste. This is a free agency special. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. A crazy afternoon, crazy night, and there's more to come. I'm just doing, doing, doing good. How you doing, doing brother? Like, I'm I'm doing good, man. It's free agency. Like I think it's the one of the best times of year. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy period right now. Free agency's looking wild. The the bombshell started today with Brooklyn, but before we get to all that, let's start off with the, the Pelicans because we're from Louisiana. Pelicans signed JJ Reddick. This is huge. We get him for two years, I believe, about $26 million. I'll start with Charles. Charles, what does this mean for the New Orleans Pelicans? Uh, it means they're getting a veteran, a guy that in, in a vet operates day-to-day uh, with, in a way, precision, like a shooting, right? He's a career 41% three-point shooter, something the Pelicans need a, around a guy like Zion Williamson as they try to create space. Um, not only do they sign him, but they also signed a guy from the EuroLeague who is known for shooting threes well. Uh, so I think the Pelicans are looking to fill shooting. They still need to get a center. But uh, getting J.J. Redick will help these young guys uh, develop into NBA players and have long-term careers as J.J. has done. And I think they got him for a little bit of a discount, Lyndon. Uh, I, I think that he's going to be very productive for the Pels as he had his highest point-per-game average last season. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about J.J. Reddick coming to the Pels. As we've said in many podcasts before, this team is was in desperate need of shooting as well as veteran leadership. David Griffin got a, a great guy to fill both of those roles for relatively cheap, like you said. This is, some, this is good news for the Pelicans going forward. And now with that remaining around 12, between I think it's like 12 or $15 million in cap space they have left, we can either try to move for center and fill out that roster with veterans, and we could also wait till the buyout period mm-hmm. to see what we do with a bunch of MLEs. But and, and, and I oh, think they end up, I think they end up trading Etwan Moore as well. They have a, a crowded backcourt. Etwan Moore, a favorable contract, could clear the Pelicans enough space to get you know right under that thirty million in, in terms of space again. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Well, good news for the Pellies, but the league was taken by notice today because. We knew Kyrie Irving, well, for the most part, Stephen A. Smith has been saying this for weeks, that Kyrie Irving was going to Brooklyn. We knew that for the most part, but it became official today. But what we didn't know was who was joining him. Kevin Durant is taking his talents to NYC, but not to join the Knicks, but to join the Brooklyn Nets. He and Kyrie Irving, along with DeAndre Jordan, which I thought was interesting. Like, DeAndre Jordan's name still has the cachet of, like, oh, yeah, he's he's joining them. But nonetheless, DeAndre Jordan is joining them along well, in Brooklyn. I want to start with Justin. Justin, what does this mean to the for the Brooklyn Nets fan base and for basketball going forward? Okay, uh, first off, Lennon, DeAndre Jordan is, is still a, a big name. He's pretty solid, bro. He's <laughs> a right. shot blocker. He's a shot blocker. He's a put-back dunk guy. He's pretty good. But uh, KD, uh, adding K- KD and Kyrie, that's a huge move. I mean, I think it's a championship move. Uh, maybe not next year because KD, he, uh, his, his his Achilles is uh, going to be hurt, so he's going to probably be off of the whole seats for the entire season. But they still have Kyrie, and they have something to look forward to. They have good pieces around them. And I think it was a solid move, great move, and I think that uh, put it could uh, put the Brooklyn Nets in um, a, a title game eventually. No, 100%. The next three years, I think. It's interesting to me to see how the Knicks moved to all that cash base to trade Chris up Porzingis, and the Nets went about it their own way, making the playoffs, 
keeping that roster together, but still being able to acquire two max positions. Charles, what do you think about this Nets move? I think it's crazy. You know, you look at, like you said, the Knicks, a team that made so many moves and tried to do what the Nets did in three years. Uh, they created a culture of winning. You know, Pelican just got a guy in Trajan Langdon that was there, and they talk about how good that culture is. They're getting a new owner, and not too many people talk about that. But that didn't really affect the fact that Kyrie's coming over. You have KD coming over, and, and you have um, the big guy in Jordan coming over as well. Look, I don't think the Nets are going to be a team that necessarily makes the playoffs next year. I think they'll be on the cusp of it, or they'll be that eighth or seventh seed. But you look at it going forward that year after, they're going to be a destination for free agents. you know. And they have a lot of young talent that people are forgetting about. I know they're losing D'Lo, but this team is a team that's going to be competing for the East uh, for years to come. No, 100%. When you add... Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, and that already established team with 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 that they've created, that that makes for good, good basketball. Yes, I agree with you, Charles. Like next year, they might make the eighth, seventh, depending on how Kyrie and those guys do. D'Lo got them to the fifth. They won't have some of those veterans, of course, but make it make it to the seventh, eighth. But that it's not about next year for them. It's about when that guy comes back from that Achilles injury. Can he still be the same player? Can he still be Kevin Durant? Like like he said, you know who I am. And if he can be that guy along with Kyrie Irving in, in Brooklyn, New York and New Jersey fans, you have a lot to look forward to. But moving on to the next one, we have a lot of free agency news to cover. I want to go to to Philly. Philadelphia, so they lose J.J. Redick. Jimmy Butler's going to Miami. We, that's that's an interesting move, I guess, for Jimmy. He, he's going to where the money is. I don't know if that, that's conducive of winning right now, but good for Jimmy. Get your paper. But I think for Philly, the interesting thing is they, they're going to re-sign Tobias Harris, as well as they were the mystery team in the Al Horford news. Now, I know people are thinking, how can Al Horford play with Joel Embiid? But Al Horford, ever since Florida, when he played with uh, Joe Kim Noah, he was a traditional power forward. He's been playing center in the league for quite some time now, but he feels comfortable at power forward. So maybe this move will be good for him. Charles, I'll start with you. How do you feel this Al Horford signing along with Tobias Harris affects Philly going forward? I think you can no longer trust the process. I think that's, that's done with, right? Because the process was getting all these young guys and putting them together and bringing in a guy like Jimmy Butler – well, Jimmy's gone. You have a guy in Tobias who a lot of people didn't want to pay Tobias as much as he was going to get. I think he could have gotten a max on the free agency market from some team like the Suns or someplace like that. But, you know, bringing in Horford still it, it confuses me because, yes, you have a center. Uh, Horford's probably not going to start because are you going to put four big guys out there and Tobias Harris, uh, Joel Embiid, you have, um, you have Ben Simmons out there as well. And then you throw in a guy like Richardson. You've got four really big guys that are probably going to start. I can't see them starting five guys that are all above six five. I think that would be kind of crazy. See, I, and that's where I was. I was going with it next. I, I I'm interested to see that because Horford can shoot and B can shoot to a certain extent, and Tobias can shoot. We know what Ben Simmons is, but like you said, all those guys are over six five. I could make if Ben Simmons is their point guard. You can maybe convince me that they do that with Tobias at the three, Horford at the four, Embiid at the five. It's just, do they have enough shooting, enough roll off the bench? Is that, can that work defensively? Justin, what's your thoughts on Philadelphia going forward? 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, size is always better. Like more size is always better. Uh, you got six uh, guys over six six. I mean, with uh, Harford, where he's six nine. Um, Joel and B. I, also, like I feel like Al Harford can stretch the floor because he actually can shoot. I mean, in the playoffs, he hit a number of threes. He stretches the floor. Uh, Joel and B can handle the inside, and also Tobias Harris, he can play with the three or the four. So I think he can fit at the three position. And also, um, I like uh, Josh Richardson. I think he could be a good two guard. He could uh, stretch the floor in shooting too. So I, I like the move uh, with Al Harford. I think it, it can definitely work. Uh, Al Harford, um, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, and Ben Simmons, that's a lineup to me. The process is a good playoff lineup. No, the process is definitely over. I definitely, I'm with you, Justin. I think all of them are going to end up playing. The process is over. I agree with Charles on that. It's just going to be interesting to see how Philly goes. They were were a completely different team last year. And I saw a joke on Twitter. Joel Embiid and Philly finally have the, the player that, Joel couldn't guard and that could shut down Joel. So when Horford's off of Celtics and now on your team, who can stop Joel and beat in the NBA? I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Also, also, I don't think Al Horford minds playing a, a backup. I mean, he's getting pretty older. He's pretty old. Mm-hmm. So I think he doesn't mind coming off the bench because, like, uh, Joel and B is always hurt. So he, he, he'll he be a good backup center. He'll get playing time probably you because don't. Joel is going to miss some time, miss some games. You don't pay a guy $25 million to come off the bench. That's true, too. That's what I was about to say. His his contract's crazy. And you look at what the Sixers lost. You know, you look at defense. It's not a fast team at all. You know, I I see defensive issues, which they had in the past. You know, Joel Embiid is, is incredible on defense. But you look at elsewhere and you kind of scratch your head. Yes, Horford played well in the playoffs. But like Justin said, he's aging, you know. And I look at shooting. Where are the three-point balls going to come? It seems like Ben Simmons uh, heard them talk about this on the jump today in their in their free agency special. He's scared to take the shot. He won't even try to take a shot, right? So that's not improving. He's not working on improving his shot. So, so what are they going to do? Because a guy like J.J. Redick is a guy that teams had to always follow and watch and make sure they had you know contact on him. And he moves off the ball with some of the best. They have zero off-ball movement in this roster now, and I think it's going to be a problem. I, I see their offense as guys standing around, and it's going to be a lot of iso ball at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's going to be interesting to see how Brett Brown ties this team together and how they play. I'm more interested on the defensive end to see how they play with all that length and size. Can they operate in the pick and roll? Can they operate in space tracking these shooters? It's going to be interesting to see how Philly's moving, but the East is getting more and more competitive, and I'm super excited to see where they go from here. The next team I want to discuss, the Celtics lose Kyrie Irving. However... They get Kimball Walker. They have their point guard now of the to go at, to replace Kyrie Irving. They lose Horford, but they're still running a lineup of Kimba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, as well as Gordon Hayward. I'll start with Charles this time. Do you think the Celtics are rebounded accordingly? Do you think the Celtics are in good position? Do you like the signing of Kimball Walker? Uh, I like the signing of Walker. I think he finally gets to play with some talent around him, which is good. I think he has a lot of ability. Now, where I don't like what the Celtics have done is, is they lost Horford, and who are they replacing him with? I think that they need more production. If if Hayward's not going to play what he was or play like what he was with uh, Utah, this team is going to struggle. And, you know, you saw it this year. But I, what I will say 
is I think getting Kyrie out of there was good for this team. I think there were a lot of personal conflicts. And to be honest, I think getting Rozier out of there is good as well. So, I, you know, I like that Kimba is coming in. I think that you're going to see, uh, see a, a heightened level of play from him. Uh, I, I just think that this is really going to take a lot of good coaching for this team to be a top four seed next year. Uh, East, like you said, is, is competitive as hell. And it's interesting because now Brad finally has the egos out the door. I kind of agree with you on that. Kyrie Irving, we knew how he was, but I think Terry Rozier as well. If if you can get Tatum and Brown back to buying into how they were when they were when Kyrie wasn't there and Hayward wasn't playing and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with a guy like Kimba who preaches leadership and team first guys, that's the kind of guy you want in your locker room to help rebuild it after the debacle that you just went through. I'm, I'm with you. It's going to take a lot out of these guys to get there, but they can become a top four seed in the East. It's just going to, can they gel and can those young guys buy into the system? Justin, what's your thoughts on the Kimball Walker move to Boston? Yeah, um, I agree with Charles. Uh, Kimball going to a better team, it def- I'm definitely happy for him because he's he's been uh, stuck in Charlotte for a while and he's never really had talent around him. So he's actually going to a winning environment with players players that can actually play. Well, that better than play. Everyone in the NBA can play, but better than Charlotte. So I, I like the move, but like uh, like Charles also said, like they're missing Al Horford, which is a, a key player to the Celtics. So uh, I could definitely see they're still a playoff team, but it's going to be hard for, for them to dominate without a solid big man. They have good guard play, but they don't have a solid big man. No, you're absolutely right. And with free agency dwindling with the, the amount of big men that are left, can Boston get one or will they end up waiting till a buyout period? We'll keep you guys up to date on that going forward. The next move I want to discuss is I think this team in the East made a lot of interesting moves. And I think they elevated where the team that lost out on this player might have regressed. I'm talking about the Indiana Pacers getting Malcolm Brogdon to go along with Victor Oladipo, getting him away from the Bucks. Charles, what do you think about this Indiana move, getting Malcolm Brogdon? Uh, look, I, I think that at the end of the day, I think Indiana's a team that's going to be one to, you know, that people are going to have to uh, reckon with because, you know, Indiana is a team that um, when Oladipo was there, was a team that we were like, oh, man, like this team almost beat the Cavs. You know, people forget about that. But Oladipo wasn't there last year. Getting Oladipo back, man, I, I think that puts Indiana in the top four easily in the East. No, I agree with you. And now you have a point guard. You have a backcourt that can lock up, play good defense, as well as Brogdon can shoot the ball. This hurts the Bucks. This regresses the Bucks, in my opinion, as well as pushes Indiana up a notch because when Victor Oladipo comes back, they look strong. Justin, what's your take on the Malcolm Brogdon? Does this help Indiana or do you think this, or no, do you think this hurts the Bucks? I want to ask this you that definitely uh, hurts the Bucks and helps Indiana. Uh, honestly, I mean, Indiana, they have basically the same roster from last year with with, with the addition of um, Brogdon. So I think they, they definitely move up to probably the best team in the East. Ooh, you're saying best team in the East. That's yeah, interesting. I like the roster. I mean, like, they got Victor Oladipo coming back. Everyone's coming back from last year. It, it, I, except Bogdanovich. They do lose him. And we will get to where he goes. But I like that, that was take. A big, that, that was a big uh, loss. I that do think loss, that's an interesting but... take with the East being in question right now, with no KD being there and with Kawhi being up for notice. If Kawhi doesn't go back to Toronto. It's very interesting. The East could be taken by Indiana, and I kind of like that. Let's go to the team that Brog, that uh, Bogdanovich went to, 
and that's the Utah Jazz. We see the Utah Jazz trade for Mike Conley, but they pick up Bodon Bogdanovich to be shooting. They now pair Bodon with uh, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, and a Mike Conley. This Utah team looks deadly. I'll start with Justin first. Justin, what did you think of the Bodon move and Utah picking up this great haul, moving into what it seems like one of the best teams in the West? Oh, they're oh yeah, they're definitely one of the best teams in the West. After uh, adding Conley, who's a veteran point guard and a, a a good shooter, so I mean I think that that they're definitely the top team in the West. I mean one of the top top teams, but I still don't think it puts them over the hump as being the best team in the West. Ooh, okay, Charles, I saw your tweets. I know what you think. Do you feel this puts Utah over the hump and makes them the best team in the West? Absolutely. I think there's no question about it. You know, with Clay not coming back for most of the season next year, uh, with Houston having all their issues with Chris Paul needing to be traded away, which uh, no one wants to take his contracts. And so, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, I guess their biggest competition as of today is probably going to be a team like either OKC or Portland. And so I think Utah was right with those teams already when they're healthy. I think this team adding Bogdanovich and Mike Conley, uh, is going to be huge. I think Conley is going to elevate this team because he's going to be a guy that's veteran, right? Helps Mitchell progress as an NBA uh, professional, but also he's going to bring more to the table than Rubio did in terms of scoring and, in a way, athleticism. Yeah, no, that's I, I really like what Conley brings to this team. I wish they would have waited for the D'Lo free agency. However, uh, you can't chance your your future on that. You have to go get the move that you think is best. And like you said, Conley's a proven veteran. Not only does he play defense, but he has offense. He's a guy that shows that he can win. So that's a great move for Utah. I'm liking Utah right now, at least on paper, as the favorites in the West with the hole that is the Warriors not having Klay Thompson and with Steph Curry just being alone. The West is open, and Utah is definitely in prime position to take it over. How do we feel about... About some of these other contracts that's been going on in the West, in, in the NBA, like the Rozier to Charlotte. I'm thinking Michael Jordan might be one of the silliest owners right now that we have. I, I really didn't like that contract. Or Miami getting Jimmy Butler. You can speak on which either one you want. I'll start with Charles first. Charles, what do you feel about those two deals? Uh, I think Rozier is probably going to be the face palm deal of the, of the offseason. I also think Richard, uh, not Richard Jefferson, uh, Tosh Gibson can be up there as well going to the Knicks. And the Knicks paying Julius Randle a boatload of money. Uh, You know, you can even throw in the 76ers paying Horford as much as they did. Uh, Some guys are getting paid a lot of money. Not as crazy as we have seen in the past. But uh, there are definitely some questionable moves that have been made by some teams, especially teams like the Knicks and Charlotte, who, in my opinion, are the two worst teams in the NBA as of today. I'm I'm with you on that. And I didn't even realize that Randle was signed by the Knicks. So that dropping, not Woj bombs, but, you know, dropping the Charles bombs on the, on the pot for young Lynn. But, <laughs> uh, Justin, what do you think about the Miami move for Jimmy Butler? I don't see that as conducive of winning. I see that more as Jimmy just going to be there to be happy to finish out his career and make some money. I think um, it's it's a chess move by the Heat and Pat. I mean, like, you got to think about, like, who runs the organization. It's Pat Riley. So, and they offered him a max. So, like, I feel like they have something planned. Okay, so you, you think there has to be like, something, but, but if nothing move. comes after that, then it's pretty much like, it's pretty much, he's just going there for money. Yeah, 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 yeah. oh yeah, yeah, definitely, but like, I, I trust like Pat Riley, he, he normally makes good moves, so 
I feel like it's more of a chess move more than, you know, him just getting the money for right now. I feel like they're thinking about the future because Jimmy Butler isn't – how old is he? He's not that old. No, I, mean, I thought he, he, he still has 30s. Let me see. We can solve this right now. Yeah, I'm okay. looking it up right now. But I, I do think Miami is, is going to be a team that makes the playoffs and, and has a chance to be a top-four team. He's 29 years old, uh, you know, and, and you have to think they still have a lot of really good guys like Whiteside's there. I mean, this team is, is still good. You know, I think Miami has a, a chance to, to creep up into the East this season. Oh, yeah, they do have Goran Dragic as well. Okay, Miami's not as bad. I'm, 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 I, was, I was a little mistaken. So, yeah, go, go, good for Miami. And I see the Julius Randle signing $65 million to the Knicks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> good for Julius. Get your money. It's the but... NBA, though, man. Like, guys are getting big contracts all the time. Especially like, early, early in got, free agency. They, they overpay a lot for guys uh, to teams that aren't good in environments and aren't going to be winning. Yeah, they, and, that, and that's what we see happening. But before we close up, I got to ask, because this will be out tomorrow. Uh, the reports say that this deal won't happen uh, tomorrow or won't happen for hey, a couple hey, days, as in the player is waiting for before you get there, uh, we talked about the Jazz, and I know what the last topic is, so I want to do this before we get there. Ed Daniels, forward, uh, he was a free agent, just signed with the Utah Jazz. Uh, oh, so that's a big Utah move for Jazz the Jazz. Utah Jazz getting, getting even better. So, Getting Ed Davis, nice move for them, adding to their bigs. Good good for Utah. That's gonna be, they're going to look good next year. But the f- final, like like I said, the final because this news won't happen for a couple days now, we want to ask what the— what you guys think? Where do you think they're going? We're talking about fun guy Kawhi because he's the last domino that needs to fall before some other pieces happen. Uh, Charles, where do you think fun guy Kawhi lands, or at least give us your prediction? We gotta stop calling him that. Man. That's his name, man. That's <laughs> no, his name not. from now on, bro. He's fun guy Kawhi. Oh, all right. Yeah, fun guy Kawhi. I, I think that you know, to me, the best thing for him is to stay in Toronto. Uh, look, the East is going to be loaded, but we saw what Toronto did with, with a roster that I think is deep. I think they're a young core around Kawhi. I think that they could be a winning team for years to come. Yes, he's going to have to compete with KD and Kyrie, but look, you really don't want to go out to the West and deal with all the crap that, look, he goes to the Lakers. To me, that's going to be a shit show, right? He's just going to be a side piece and be forgotten because it's going to be LeBron and then the two stepchildren and AD and Kawhi. And if he goes to the Clippers, he'll never be the number one team in L.A. So I, I think Toronto is probably the best place to stay. I think they let Kawhi do what he wants, right? You saw with the injury uh, coming back from it and what he did this year in playing time. I don't see the Clippers doing that. And you look at L.A., this point was made today, was that LeBron and Anthony Davis are guys that missed a lot of playing time last year due to injury. Kawhi doesn't want to be that main focal point and have that pressure when he's dealing with his own injury issues in the past, he might have to do that in L.A., whether he played for the Clippers or the Lakers. So I'm all for Toronto. I'm with you. I, w- I want him to stay in Toronto because it's like, B, B we've, everybody's wanted that Jordan, that Kobe-esque figure, that, that Tim Duncan, for example, that, that, that built their own team and wins. Yeah, Kawhi left the Spurs, but he got to Toronto. That's his team. It, 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 it's it's not like he's joining someone's bandwagon to make a super team. And I, and I agree with you with Kevin Durant in the East, and that could just make for some amazing battles. Pascal Siakam's a young player. I mean, they tied 
the record with Jordan and, and Scottie Pippen. So, so you have your 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 two man, your guy to go with you, and I'm sure they'll pick up talent. Masai Ujiri shown he he will go for it. I love the Raptors, but just hearing everything about LA and just seeing all these LA guys talk about it, I feel like Kawhi is gonna end up being a Clipper. I'm 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 rocking with the Clippers because I do not believe he's going to play with LeBron and be second fiddle. Justin, give me your prediction for where you think Kawhi goes. Honestly, uh, you know, listening to y'all speak, Toronto, and of course, like listening to ESPN, and everyone else talk, and uh, to the, the the Raptors does sound like the best place to go because I mean he's won a championship. They have the same roster. He he's in the East. And it does make sense for him to go back there, but honestly, I feel like he's gonna go to LA because he's he he's from there, and I think he has he won a championship already in in uh, San Antonio. He's won one already in Toronto, so I feel like he wants to go home and you know just play basketball there. So I, and the the Clippers aren't too bad; like they they have a decent young team coming up, and I feel like he wants to be home now. So I think he's gonna end up going to the Clippers. I don't, I don't think the Clippers is a bad situation. You have Jerry West who put together a good team that made the playoffs, that pushed the Warriors. Uh, and if they add Kawhi to that team, they're making the playoffs. And th- as it, it depends on how Shea Gilgis Alexander and Landry Shamit grow to see how far they go with Kawhi Leonard. But, yeah. and, and also, I mean, all right, ladies and gentlemen, look. So I'm going to do this because this is the one-time only situation where this is possible. And because... It's, it's it's different people. So free we recorded the free agency pod, which you are listening to. We had done most of we, we had done the episode fully and a lot of big news had happened. So what we have done is we're making an addendum to the free agency pod. Instead of the closing the way we closed, you're getting this closing and joining me because I'm doing this at 1130 at night on a Sunday uh, Justin and Charles had work in the morning, so they're asleep. Doing this with me is the guy himself, because he was asleep earlier, Adam Shuby. Shuby, what is up, my G? Uh, I guess having a regular sleep schedule helps at times. <laughs> it's okay, baby. We're in the late night. We're in the late night. Some crazy... But, but no, hey, I always thought that when we got into this Sunday that it was going to be a lot of news all day long, even down to the nitty-gritty of midnight tonight. And, uh, yeah, it's been the case. I, th- I think there's probably still news going on. Yeah, no, I'm, I, don't worry. As we finish this, as we close this pod, me and you are going to be uh, – I got Twitter up. I got Woj. I got Shams. We're going to be looking – discussing but there's some things that we have to discuss that things have happened things have progressed differently but before we get to all the new news i want to ask you of all the news that dropped earlier which one excited you the most which one was like dang this is crazy which one was the most crazy and then which one do you think was the weakest deal out of all of them? um the, i guess the one i was the most excited about was probably jj <laughs> to the pills yeah <laughs> man. because uh that i'll be able to see him on a night nightly basis uh so i was really excited about that I guess um, um, i guess what was surprised me was kd and Kyrie taking money out off their deals to bring in DeAndre Jordan. I guess that's some sort of big three, some sort of injured big three. <laughs> it's weird because I, I, mean, I said that on the pod and Justin was like, nah, man, DeAndre Jordan still has it. And I was like, I don't know why that, that happened. Like, 
I guess that's their friend, and they just wanted to play with him. But the Nets have Jared Allen. But I guess you can't have too many bigs. Yeah, true. Um, but I think what the one the one thing that every, you know everyone's kind of talking like this is going to be like immediate thing. KD's not going to play. Kyrie has barely made a season, and we just talked about how he wants to retire in like three or four years. So what does this really mean for the Nets? Ooh, you went the other way with it. Okay, because we were very positive on it earlier. I forgot Kyrie was talking about retirement. Yo, you bringing this new flavor to it. Okay, I see you out here, Shubi. But are you hating? This is is salty. Yeah, I was about to say you're hating. Hating on the the Nets right now. Like, at the end of the day, I don't think this is going to bring the Nets a title. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh, but I will say the Nets come 2020... As long as KD are uh, is healthy, the Nets is ma- the Nets are gonna make waves in, in uh, make waves in the East. That's all I gotta say, bro. Stop hating because we're gonna get to your Knicks. Let's get to that now. How do you feel as a Knicks fan? Number one, no KD, Kyrie, but you predicted KD and Kyrie to NYC. Uh, yeah, I should have like, said MSG. Yeah. That's that's, the, that's what I should have been pushing. <laughs> yeah, you should have said MSG because maybe it would have happened, but. Skip Bayless tweeted this, and I want to just get your take on this. He was like, why wouldn't these kids want to go play for in Manhattan, for Madison Square Garden, the historic franchise of the Knicks? I just feel like Knicks overvaluate themselves, and you got to understand in this new demographic, like, it's hip-hop to go play for Brooklyn. Like, ho, yeah, Biggie, like, that's Brooklyn. Like, Kyrie's from New Jersey. Yeah, I think there is still a mystique to the Knicks. I just don't think that They've benefited from have they've had terrible years in this age group of kids in, coming up, so it's like not a lot of these guys who are playing now grew up with successful Knicks teams. Yeah, so like I don't think they've ever had like an idea of the Knicks and winning. And then also y'all signed Bobby Portis, y'all signed Taj Gibson and Julius Randle. Shooty, what is going on over there? No, I think that's all really solid moves because of who they already had. They had Alonzo Trier, Dennis Smith Jr., Knox, R.J. Barrett. Mitchell Robinson was really the only big you had because DeAndre Jordan now is obviously gone. Uh, So I think they did what they needed to do. Julius Randle becomes a big piece. He'll definitely start. Uh, Y'all not making the playoffs? No, no. Oh, you just you just like we just had to fill out the roster. <laughs> yeah, you had to fill out the oh, roster. Okay, you couldn't okay. fill out the roster with trash. <laughs> okay, so at least y'all feel, y'all are gonna be bad for a couple years now, and so y'all are just in the tank bowl. Maybe y'all maybe y'all can get like Bronny and beat the Pels out in 2024. Because when we take the Lakers picks after it all crumbles down, we shall see. But maybe Shubi, so. Yeah. The thing that we're here to discuss is the is one of the biggest moves. But before we get to that, let's talk about. The Pels with Charles, Charles, me and Charles were talking earlier. We got our shooter, and Charles said the one thing we needed was a big man. Well, as the night progressed, we got our big man. The Pels made a trade with the Utah Jazz for Derek Favors because as we broke during the pod, the Jazz signed Ed Davis. And so with the Jazz signing Ed Davis, they had they had to move Favors, and the Pelicans get Favors. We get a big man that not only can stretch the floor to a certain extent, he's not really, he can't shoot threes, but... He can shoot the short corners, the high post. He can shoot mid-range jumpers. He can make a three here or there. But he stretches the floor, gives us a solid 
guy who can get rebounds, rim protect, and get quality buckets. Like, if you have to throw it down low, Favors will score the bucket. We get our big man, Shuby. What's your take on the Pels getting not only Favors, but getting Redick as well? Real quick, what did uh, Utah get in that deal? Yeah. Um, I don't. I, th- I think they got some picks. Hold on, let me. I'll look that up. But in the All meantime, right, well, why are you looking that up? Yeah. So I'm a. I'm actually a big fan of Derek Favors. Like I really like the the game that he played, especially up in Utah. And um, I think that this was exactly the player that the Pelicans needed if they couldn't have gotten Horford. Uh, I think that this works perfectly with what they're trying to do, especially having a veteran presence who's probably going to be in that starting lineup. Um, I just, you know, with Jackson Hayes getting in there and him being kind of an unknown, you definitely needed someone solidified. Jaleel Okafor really isn't a starting, a a starter. Yeah. I mean, that's just the truth. He's better off the bench. And, yeah, so getting J.J. today was like, okay, well, that's great. We've got another shooter, but who's going to be your, your veteran presence as a big? And, yeah, this was exactly exactly the person they needed. It's like the Pelicans. I was reading a tweet where someone was like, yeah, I remember back in the day where the Pelicans were their big free agency names were like Omer Oshik. No, I'm bro. Like, I was about to say, and then, and then today they get J.J. Redick and Derek Favors. It's like two large names. I never imagined in a million years we'd have J.J. Reddick, someone like him. And then on top of that, we get Derek Favors. And we didn't talk about this, but having Trajan Langdon in a good scouting department, we get the guy from Europe, Nicolo Melli. We get another shooter. So this is what— Who could I, be great. We don't know anything that, that much about him. I looked, looked at some of his highlights, and I know you did too, and they look really nice. And he, play, and he has really good numbers in a competitive Euro league. Like, I, I really like this, man. I yeah, think that no, me too. he could be, like, the next, uh, I wouldn't say, maybe Bogdanovich. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Someone around that range. But I was about to say this. I think the Pel- this might be, and hear me out, since we've become the Pelicans, this might be our best team in terms of, I know we don't have Anthony Davis, but think about everybody who was around Anthony Davis this team is way better than everybody they surround him with. You have Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Zion Williams, Derek Favors, Frank Jackson, J.J. Reddick, Josh Hart, Nicolo Melli, Jaleel Oakford, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Etwan Moore, Kenrick Williams, Christian Wood, and Jackson Hayes on top of the star, Drew Holiday. Pretty solid team. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pels are making that eighth seed. Like... I'm writing it down now. I think the Pels make the playoffs if everything goes right. If we can, it, it comes down to Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Zion Williamson, how they adjust and how they play in Coach Gentry's offense along with guys like Frank Jackson and Josh Hart. But if they play how they're supposed to, this team should make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of unknowns with the Pelicans right now, but if all of the unknowns become as good as good or better than expected, this team is top five West team. It's crazy, man. Like, like if, this if is... Zion Williamson becomes the Zion Williams that everyone expects that he is, and at least you get maybe, you know, let's say Nikhil Alexander ends up being a dud, but Jackson Hayes ends up being like a B-plus kind of player and gives you solid bench minutes. Like, you know, and then let's say Melly ends up being a, a Euro stud coming off the bench, like the next Nikola Meritage. Like, 
come on. That, that team is a top five team in the West. There's that team. That team is solid, but the West gets tougher and tougher each year because the next piece of news we're going to talk about. Memphis gets Andre Iguodala. Yes! No, I'm sorry. Yes, they do. That's not the big news. No, the big news is D'Angelo Russell is traded to the Golden State Warriors, but to get the deal off, they had to trade Andre Iguodala to the Memphis Grizzlies to uh, clear some space. So with that being said, Shuby, what does this mean for the Warriors? Uh, well, before I say that, I actually kind of think that Memphis has a pretty solid roster down there. And I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be any playoff contenders or anything, but they got an interesting team I'd like to go check out. Yeah, no, with John Morant, Andre Iguodala, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, they have some... Valanchunas. Yeah, Valanchunas. I mean, I, I don't know if Andre Iguodala is going to get waived or anything, but... Yeah. But if he stays there, that's good to help the young core of Memphis. But I think yeah, this, but the, the important but yeah, stuff is the Warriors. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the important thing is the Warriors. The Warriors need to address what's going to happen with Clay, especially now that KD's gone and KD wasn't going to play anyway. So they were definitely in a lot of – they were like, how, how are we going to navigate through the regular season, get get as high as a seed as we want to be for when Clay comes back to the playoffs? I think this is the perfect fit. You bring in D'Lo, who's not necessarily a shooting guard, but, I mean, he can play – he could play the two to Steph. Or we could see Steph play off ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's true. And that would be very interesting. I'm just, uh, This move, to me, it just shows that the Warriors aren't about to let this dynasty stop if they can control it. Now, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be what fun guy Kawhi does to determine whether or not how the West goes. But this new look Warriors, if Klay Thompson comes back and he's anything of himself... With D'Lo, Clay, and Steph, this is a scoring front. Yes, you don't have the, the length and size that you had. And, of course, D'Lo is no Kevin Durant. No, by no means. But you add an all-star to this core, and, and this, is, this is good. And now we get to see D'Lo play off the ball and, and actually be a scorer. This will be very interesting to see how they move. Now, the question is, can they sign a Looney? Can they fill out that roster? Because we saw that depth was an issue for them when they got to the nitty-gritty of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely not helping their depth, especially losing Iguodala, who was kind of that do-it-all guy on their roster. So now without they don't have him, they don't have Durant, they don't have Clay for at least the regular season. Yeah. You know, what do you? What do you? What pieces are you going to go out and get? Because there's not a lot of people out there anymore, and you didn't get anything in the draft. So, you know, how are you going to fill out this roster? That's the scary part for the Warriors. That's the thing. And the now Golden State has to extend. Dream, will they extend Draymond Green? They still have to sign Clay. Draymond could take a, a, an extension next summer from somewhere else. This this Golden State thing isn't the end, but. Adding D'Lo to, with Steph Curry is a great start to solidifying your future going forward, especially with Anthony Davis, with LeBron in L.A. We don't know where Kawhi is going. You have to contend with Kyrie Irving and KD in the, in the East. You have, still in the West, a bunch of young teams coming for you with the Nuggets, the Mavs, the Pellies. I mean, it, it, it's good. Basketball is going to be so much fun come next season. This offseason in free agency just shows that the NBA is a year-round sport. Yeah, that's the great thing about the NBA is that they get make you excited about the offseason. 
But the the pushback I'll give you on that is it's one day in in one Sunday in June. And True. Then, I mean, what what are we gonna talk about for the next month? Summer league. Yeah. Please. But we will though. You know we will because we're gonna talk about Zion Williamson playing for the Pels. We're gonna talk about R.J. Barrett versus Zion in that first game. We're gonna talk about all these rookies. What John Morant does. The NBA is interesting, man. And yeah, they're gonna have some downtime come August, but come September, October, when we're getting ready for the season, preseason, it's gonna be back up and rolling. I'm not even gonna be paying attention to the NBA in September and October. There's no way. Well, I know you won't because you're a college football fan and NBA fan, but nonetheless, Shuby, that's pretty much all the, the the big remaining things that we have to discuss for this episode. Crazy, crazy stuff. Any what, final... what, what, uh, yeah, what happened with Goran Dragic? Mm, I'm glad you brought that up. The Jimmy Butler trade is not official yet. I know we discussed that earlier. The Jimmy Butler trade isn't official until my, uh, Miami and Philly get a third team involved because Goran Dragic was going to be in the third team with Dallas, but Dallas didn't quite pull the trigger. They didn't want to get him, and so it just didn't work out. It would have been huge. Yeah, pouring pairing Drogic with uh, Luca and, and Porzingis because Porzingis signed the extension for them and Jamal Murray got paid. He signed an extension with the Nuggets just now. Okay. So that was something the Nuggets lock up their guard. What about, what, uh, did you guys talk about D Rose going to the Pistons? Oh, no. You know we didn't talk about that. That was <laughs> li- li- light news, unnecessary banter. So, but who cares about the Pistons? The Pistons are in playoff obscurity, just like the Charlotte Hornets giving scary Terry Rozier $85 million. <laughs> like, that is just... Michael Jordan, I don't know what he's doing over there. I don't know. I, w- I will say for as big a move as it was for Utah getting Bogdanovich from the Pacers, the Pacers are still looking okay. Yeah, getting Brogdon and Pam Brogdon with Oladipo. They're going to be just fine. Yeah, I think the they're going to be just, just fine. As long as Kawhi doesn't... Uh, stay in Toronto. I mean, this is wide open. The Pacers could have really made a push if Oladipo would have been playing. Exactly. So huh, don't let don't let Kawhi go back to Toronto and and Oladipo's one hundred percent healthy. That Indiana Pacers might be the team coming out of the East next year. Yeah, yeah. Watch so, out for them. Should be. Tell the people. Free agency isn't over too. So yeah. no, it's not. We will keep you guys up to date for everything that's coming. Should be. Tell the people where they can find you on social media. Shubert 14 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you check out last week's Bros Who Binge, where we interviewed Toy Story, or not interviewed, but reviewed Toy Story 4. And this week we're going to be talking about Spider-Man, so make sure you check it out. For real, that's what's up. So be sure to look that out. And Anthony Slater, before we close up, says that it's a full five-year max for Clay Thompson, not a four-plus-one, no-player option on the fifth year. No, no trade clause, just like Steph Curry's contract a couple summers ago. So it looks like Golden State is locking up Clay as they should. But that being said, Justin, tell the people they can find you at on social media. Everyone can find me. I'm at JustinBaptiste22. I'm on all social networks. And you guys can uh, follow me, or read, and subscribe to my blog, TradesAndLays.com. Be sure to check out his blog because Justin has some good basketball coverage, especially with Summer League starting. I know he's going to be writing some articles. Charles, where can the people find you at on social media? Uh, Follow the Primetime Podcast at Primetime underscore pod. Speaking of Summer League, Pell's about to start Summer League. We get to see Zion finally play. 
uh, and lots of coverage, whether it be LSU, Saints, or the Pelicans. Lots to come from that as we have some big interviews, including one with Jamel McMillan and Israel Gutierrez. But also want to say shout-out to Lyndon. Happy birthday. Happy three years on the network. Uh, y'all make sure y'all go follow Lyndon on social media as well. Uh, thanks, bro. You can guys can find me at LynnBWT on, on Twitter. Follow the bros you think, at bros you think on Twitter. Thank you for everybody listening to this and tune in. Be on the lookout for more amazing content from the network. But that's all the time we have today for our free agency special. Thank you. Bye-bye. She just want to fuck with me because I'm famous. Closet full of flies, shit, that's what them bands did. Niggas ain't know me, it don't even make sense. Put the rollie on my wrist so they know what time it is. She just want to fuck with me because I'm famous. Closet full of flies, shit, that's what them bands did. Niggas ain't know me.